Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Well, hello, Mary. Hi, Jillian. <laughs> oh, you look beautiful today. Uh, you know, well, always, um, but... hey, I'll... We're going to show up authentic. I don't feel that way today. Oh. I'm struggling a little bit again with my sleep, which, you know, is the mm. thing for me. So that's yeah. frustrating. Um, yeah. Anyway, but I'm just going to show up brave today. Yeah. Well, to me, you look beautiful. I think you. it's because I'm just so happy. Well, it's not just because I'm so happy <laughs> to see you. But I love when you're just your natural self. Oh, oh thank you. Yeah. I got my coffee. Uh-huh. Look at that. Yeah, 20 beautiful ounces of that. <laughs> Tea for me. And the, the picture behind you of the flowers? Yeah. It looks great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get a tour of my home over the weeks because I have to move from room to room to room. Yeah. Um, and any moment now, probably um, the elephant man will wake up <laughs> and be thumping around up there. So if you hear things up there, it could be that. Right. Right. That's okay. Uh, listen, it's all my world is a very exciting place to be. Uh-huh. The other day I went dinosaur hunting. Wow. And we actually found a T-Rex footprint. Amazing. Right on our road. Thankfully, some painter had spilled a load of paint. It looked just like a T-Rex footprint. Wow. I know. Unbelievable. So these are the this is the world I live in right now. I'm yes. I'm really a paleontologist. Oh, obviously. <laughs> you you know the great thing about having a grandchild is you are an expert in everything. Oh, and right now I'm an expert in gravity. Okay. We're talking a lot about gravity <laughs> and I'm an expert in dinosaurs. So There you go. Yes. Science world, call me when you need me. Mhm. There you go. (laughs) So today, Miss Mary, we are going to be talking about um, guidepost number two in Brene Brown's book, uh, The Gift of Imperfection or The Gifts Mm -hmm. of Imperfection. Yeah. We're going to talk about letting go of perfectionism. Ah, no, I'm sorry. I'm turning off the recording. (laughs) I like (laughs) trying to fight for, I, I like trying to fight for perfectionism. Ah, you know, I so need this. Now, would you consider yourself, first of all, I really want to dive in a little bit at the front end Mm -hmm. because I will tell you my experience with this. I do not resonate with the idea of striving for perfection. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, until I read this chapter and I started to think about some of the ways that I try and control things Mm -hmm. for an outcome. Which I would not consider perfectionism. Right. And it's really interesting because with my coaching clients, many of them do not resonate with the word perfectionist or perfectionism. Mm -hmm. In fact, they will shut that down right away. Right. Um, I wonder why. Do you think we kind of look at it like it's like OCD or some kind of... um, uh, you know, r- checklist, rules to play by, exactly. right and wrong, black and white. Like, yeah. what is the interpretation of the word perfection? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, people will say, look at my desk or look at my home. I'm not a perfectionist. So they only look at one element of what perfectionism could mean. Uh, And it's based on sort of like this very traditional way that you can never make mistakes. Uh, But for you, you identified this this need to control outcomes, and there is a perfectionism in that. For me, as I've talked about before, I have something called, I've called social perfectionism, where I micromanage everything that I say and do as it relates to social situations, relationships, or conversations I have with people. So uh, here, you look at my desk, and it is full of stuff. But meanwhile, I'm going to be uber careful if I'm talking to somebody. So that's right. how I see. So because ultimately it's about I care too much what people think. Right. Ugh. Right. Yes. So great point. Yeah. So, um, you know, Brene says that at the root of uh, perfectionism is shame. Yes. So great. And, you know, in the book, in the chapter, she talks about um, how her daughter uh, calls to her and says, Hey, mom, so-and-so have just dropped by Mm -hmm. and her house looks like a bomb has hit it. Mm -hmm. And her daughter goes into panic mode, thinking about what Brene's reaction is going to be and runs to her mom and says, should I help start picking up? (laughs) And her her mom just goes, no, it's okay. We'll just, we'll welcome them in. Right. And that idea that if you see my mess, Mm. what are you going to think of me? Exactly. That's it. What are you going to think of me? That's the root of it. And also that there's something wrong with me. uh, That's shame. That's right. And I need to hide that or somehow try to manage it so that I'm no longer rejectable. Right. Because of that performance piece or that appearance piece or whatever it might be. And like, I think if we're honest... We all have areas of our life that we're perfectionists about, whether it's your appearance, whether it's your home and everything has to be in its place and it has to be decorated beautifully, perfectly. Everything's all matchy matchy, whether it's in our work, uh, whether it's in our relationships, like we all have those areas of our life that is a source of vulnerability for us because we are afraid of judgment in that area. Yeah. And I think that's a lot to do with perfectionism. So this idea that when we're striving to do the right thing or to mm. be right, mm-hmm. right? So some people, um, they wouldn't see themselves as perfectionists. They would just see themselves as right. Ah. They know the right thing to do. Right. They know the right way to act. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know the right decision to be made. So that's perfectionist tendencies as well. Well, think about, let's go through the Enneagram. So a one perfectionism is always doing the right thing. That's right. Based on some value to... And I want to stop you there because when I coach some not-for-profit leaders Mm -hmm. who show up strongly as a one, Mm -hmm. they would say that they're not a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, look at what you do. Mm -hmm. You're trying to right the wrongs of the world. Right. And that's fantastic because it's that's a noble calling. Thing. It's a noble yeah. thing. But you can really get caught up in the black and white. Is this the right thing to do? And it becomes very dutiful. That's right. And so that's then right. as a two, perfectionism often comes in your relationships. Exactly like I said. That's right. Three, perfection comes in your performance and your that's achievement. Right. And perfectionism for the three is actually the fear of failure. 
Yes. Like exactly. I can't fail at something. That's right. Right? Yes. For, for what four, I'm- I would say that four is the intense creator, creative. Mm-hmm. I would say sometimes that fours can be uh, the antithesis of perfectionist. They find perfection in the imperfection. Ah, the brokenness. That's an interesting thing, and and I and I see that's also as part of their calling, uh, but I think it can also lead to this sort of melancholy. Life is never the way it ought to be. I think for fours, the perfectionism is in their capacity to see what could be. Yes, but they're always longing for that what could be, and they aren't right. always present to what actually is. Yeah, and they can and, be disappointed with what is. And for five, the quiet specialist, it can be based on. Do I have enough knowledge? Right. Like I'm imperfect because I don't know enough, even though they've got a PhD in gravity. Right. Right. And maybe for a six is, have I anticipated all the things I could go wrong? And have I come up with a perfect solution for each of those possible variabilities? And if I show up at the picnic and it rains and I don't have my umbrella, I failed. Right. I'm imperfect. Right. And for a seven, sevens kind of come across as so carefree, but for them, they're always seeking out the perfect experience, the fullness of all that life can offer, right? And what about you, Miss Eight? Well, I think with the control, I think that eights, the the idea of this, I, I need to control things is often because things are imperfect out there. And if I can control them, then I can make them better or more perfect. And also maybe there's an aspect of not being vulnerable at all. I'm perfectly strong, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And Could what be. about what about nine? Perfect harmony. Perfect harmony. They get along with everybody. They never create don't any conflict. Don't ruffle my feathers. Even <laughs> if I don't get along with you, I get along with you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I'm sure we can come up with more things. But as you can see, perfectionism can play itself out in all of us in different ways, depending on our wiring and, you know. Exactly. So I want, I want to stop there and just say, mm-hmm. like, listener, a viewer, have you identified where you identify with this idea of perfectionism? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want you to slough it off and go, no, no, I'm not a perfectionist. Yeah. I'm going to pass on this podcast because it doesn't relate to me. Right. And where do you try and hide an aspect of who you are Mm. if it doesn't measure up to another standard? Right. Right. So your house, you know, someone drops over and you're afraid for them to see your mess. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You're, you know, someone opens a a cupboard door in your house and everything falls out. Please don't. Please don't <laughs> yeah, open I mean, up my like cupboard. <laughs> where where do you experience shame like that, or where yeah. do you experience this kind of hiding? And also, what what in your life is never good enough? You're always right. picking at it, trying to refine it, trying to make it better, and you don't ever seem satisfied in it. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I think we can be perfectionists in our relationship. So, as a mom to my kids, I can be a perfectionist because I can't do anything wrong. I can't allow them to have any pain. I have to perfectly always be there for them. I can never fail them. Or even as a spouse, my marriage must be exactly this way. And I'm always picking at it to try to make it better. Yeah. And in the process of it, I'm not being present. No. And I'm also actually possibly doing harm because no one and nothing can ever measure up to those standards. No. So there's including this, myself. There's this striving for perfectionism, yeah. which often takes our our eyes off the main goal 
to build yeah. a relationship with my husband, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm so busy, worried about the perfect vacation mm. with my husband that I'm not present with him, yeah. then it's not going to be perfect anyway. Right. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she talks a lot about this striving for perfection mm-hmm. versus healthy striving, mm. which is I'm working on myself. Right. You know, Um she talks about it being linked to, you know, diet. Uh, I'm, I've gained weight, therefore I'm imperfect. I mm-hmm. need to diet, not, mm-hmm. not because I want to, but I need to to fit a certain standard of myself that's not right. there. Right. Versus, you know what? Mm. I've been eating a lot of junk lately. Yes. I've got to make some changes because I'm kind of feeling sluggish. I want to eat yep. healthier food because yep. I want to feel better. Mm-hmm. Not about a scale measurement, a standard, but about an actual feeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's a good differentiation too. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. a good example because how many of us in today's world struggle with our appearance? Yeah, and how it's never good enough. And as opposed to my body is healthy, I'm striving for health. Uh, I'm striving for vitality. I want to enjoy my life. Yeah. I think some of the signs of Uh, When I'm caught up in this anxious performance, appearance-based thing is um, this inability to laugh at myself or at circumstances, this uh, oversensitivity to perceive criticism in a particular area. That's a sensitivity for me. Like what, what could be other signs of perfectionism? Maybe we can identify that to help our listeners and viewers. Yeah, I think sometimes that for me, uh, in terms of body, mm. um, I forget how well my body is supporting me. Yes. You know, I, mm. I walk my dog twice a day. Mm-hmm. I can run after my grandson in the park. Mm-hmm. It hurts me, but I can do it. Yeah. Um, but what do I focus on? I focus on where I'm carrying weight, mm. how my jeans fit. Mm-hmm. I'm not focusing on... I'm focusing on a standard that has been sold to me and I've bought into. Right. Rather than the miraculous thing that my body is working for me well. Mm, I love that. That that uh, joy and gratitude of yeah. what you can do and what you have been gifted with, as opposed to all the things that are wrong with you or your body or your life. Yeah. And Ooh. especially as we age, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think... We, we long for a version of ourself that was there. Yeah. And we're so quick to dismiss the version of ourself that's now that is a gift. Mm, that's a very good, I, that's a very good thought because I have had, as I've gotten older, things aren't working quite the way they are. And I keep working super hard to kind of get back to that state. And at what point am I going to accept that my body is as it is now? And enjoy right. the gift that my body is right now and to take care of it the way it needs to be taken care of and to uh, respect my limitations because I don't know if I've shared this story before, but when I was in, um, I think I would have been in my 40s, I was on a trip with um, Cam, uh, a, a school trip, and we were doing this wild, wacky thing where we we're mountain biking. And I'm like, I'm keeping up with these 13-year-olds because, you know, I have to. Well, one of the things we did was we were actually mountain biking on stairs. And I'm at at the top of the stairs going, can I do this? I'm like, look at all the kids. They're doing it. I have to do it. So 
I go and you're supposed to stand up on the um, paddles or the pedals with your butt off. Well, unfortunately, my foot slipped. And so my butt landed on the seat and I literally went boom, 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 all the way down the stairs. And I thankfully didn't hurt myself terribly. But as I was lying at the bottom of the stairs, I said to myself, hmm, can I accept, at what point am I going to accept that I just got to stop doing these things? Because my body, had it been more serious, the recovery would have been brutal. So that was a big moment of like, I can do risky things, but I shouldn't do stupid things because my body just can't recover as much as it used to. The pressure. I know. I know. The cool mom. I know. I totally bought into the whole thing. Oh, you were going for the cool mom stand. I was. And then when I was bumping my way down, I felt so embarrassed because it takes the time. Like I have to hang on to get to the bottom of the stairs and I'm trying not to destroy myself or, you know, hurt anybody in the process. And I'm just lying there going, what a goofy thing to have done. My cool mom moment was over at uh, a hill near us Mm -hmm. when we'd taken the, the kids like they were like 10, 13, over the hill to do some tobogganing. Yeah. And my friend Judy and I, mm-hmm. one of the kids had brought a, like a stand-up snowboard. You oh, don't dear. really have, you stand on it. You don't strap your boots into it. Oh, and gosh. she's like, Jillian, I bet we could do this. And I'm like, I bet we could too. <laughs> and she went first. I'm picturing it, was, it already. It wasn't pretty. Uh-huh. And, but then I had to go because of I course. Her I was going to do it. Of and course. I think she double dared you. Well, don't you ever double dog dare me. So, but we both did it, but we both really, like, we really hurt ourselves. Yeah. But, Mm -hmm. and again, why was I doing it? What was this cool mom, perfect standard I was trying to live up to? I know. I know. Ridiculous. The things we do to ourselves. Anyway. we We really just embarrassed our children. We did, actually. (laughs) So anyway, like, what is this idea that you have? Mm. Mm-hmm. And where does it come from? Right. And how how is it linked to that? What will others think? Mm-hmm. As in the previous guidepost. Yeah. Because these guideposts really do piggyback on each other. If we give up the idea of caring so much about what other people think, I'm not necessarily going to get on the stupid snowboard mm-hmm. because I really don't care if you think I'm cool or not. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Right. Because you are already cool. You don't have to prove yeah. your coolness. No, I'm not, I'm not cool at all. Okay. I'm cool with the 70s crowd, man. That's it. <laughs> that's okay, true. so let's get back to our... Okay. So there's this striving that's for perfection, which mm-hmm. is whacked out, mm-hmm. really, because it's, it's a false set of standards that we just can't live up to. Right. And then there's this healthy striving, which is I want to improve myself. I want to, uh, I want to grow. Mm-hmm. I want to become more emotionally healthy. I want to become uh, more in touch with my emotions. Right. That's the healthy striving that we should be working on. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk about, Mary, can we talk about how some perfectionism is displayed? I want to talk about this catastrophic thinking mm-hmm. because that that can be crippling to a lot of people who are right. striving for perfection. Can you just talk us through what catastrophic thinking looks like? Right. And we're going to talk more about the anxiety that underlies yes. perfectionism yes. next episode. But um, that often is one of the features of anxiety, where it's a if-then. If I don't do this, this disaster is going to happen. If I 
do this, this disaster is going to happen. So we, in our mind, uh, as related to perfectionism is if I don't do that thing perfectly, I'm going to be so humiliated, my world is going to fall apart. And I'm exaggerating here, but that's often what our inner dialogue says. We put so much weight in it being perfect that we don't realize that it's actually catastrophic thinking. So um, here's a question to ask yourself. So you're putting a uh, hundred hours into your work week because you feel like you can't keep up with what your job is demanding of you. So what do you think is going to happen if you don't put in those hundred hours? You're catastrophic. That's what catastrophic thinking will say. But frankly, yeah. uh, they need you. You've been objectively producing excellent work. The work will never end. There's always going to be more work than you have time to do. And meanwhile, another reality check is if I work myself to a point of burnout, I'm actually no good to myself, to my family, or to my workplace. Right. So there's catastrophic thinking. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to be humiliated. I'm going to be in the poorhouse. And people just kind of go down that road. Right. And uh, very, very often you need to like contrast that to reality. And if you can't do it, then it's asking someone who cares about you to do it. Like, just like I said with last uh, two episodes ago, what I did with my friend where I talked her through, she was going into catastrophic thinking. Yeah. Okay. So that's really, really, I think that's important to touch on because I think a lot of us have tendencies to go there. Yeah. And we, once the train is out of the station, Mm -hmm. it just goes. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, and sometimes that catastrophic thinking can prevent us from risking. Yes. If I do this, then, and I, I fall and break my leg, mm-hmm. and then I can't feed my family. Like, right. sometimes it stops us from actually doing things we could enjoy. Uh, it maybe stops us from getting a degree or mm. a certificate or a promotion, yep. or maybe it even stops us from entering into a romantic relationship. Mm. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So For yeah, sure. I think that was good to point out. Well, yep. One thing I would also add to with the anxiety roots of catastrophic thinking yep. is anxiety says to us, lies to us and says that if I can predict all the bad things that can happen, I can then control it. Mm-hmm. and prevent it from happening. So if I do A, B, and C, <laughs> I can prevent that disastrous outcome from happening. So imagine how much you have to put into the A, B, and C to avoid that disaster. Right. And it's and nonstop. Then, and then what if that A, B, and C mm. is not perfect? <gasps> yes. Then you'll be extra disastrous. Right. Yeah. So some of the areas that perfectionist tendencies show up is kind of this black and white thinking. Mm-hmm. It's either this or this. Yeah. Uh, this catastrophic thinking. Mm-hmm. It's it's worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, probability overestimation, mm. where we overestimate um, right. the probability of something happening. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's very um, rarely true. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, should statements. Mm. If we're doing a lot of should statements. Why are we doing that? Because there's a standard out there that we're trying to meet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you find yourself saying should, go, what am I trying to achieve here by that? Right. 
That's uh, really chronic good. procrastination is another yes uh, over, uh, perfectionist tendency where you procrastinate putting things off because right. if they're not perfect, you don't want to do them. Oh, it feels overwhelming. Like right. for me to do all this, my mind is already thinking of all the things that still has to be done and I feel overwhelmed. So I want to avoid it. So I procrastinate. And then you end up even in a situation where when the deadline is looming, then oh. you're like in this whole panic state. Of course. Yeah. Uh, giving up easily. Again, mm-hmm. that fear of failure if things will not be perfect. Right. Difficulty completing tasks mm-hmm. because you're always nitpicking through yeah. it. Yeah. You're always Nothing's o- never good enough. Overly cautious behaviors, you know, spending three hours on something that should only take one hour. Mm-hmm. Um, constant improvement, constant niggling just to get it perfect. Uh, I think that's my neighbor who vacuums her lawn. Okay. I guess something occurred to me that I have to be honest about. Uh-oh. Since we're all about being authentic. So last week we had guests over. So I was going to vacuum the house. And um, I, I didn't, I ended up getting busy with something. So Peter kindly vacuumed the house. Well, I now realize what was happening in my head was perfectionism because I was looking around and I noticed he missed some crumbs as if our guests are going to go and like scan the floor. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm going like, Peter can't even do this properly. I got to come in and fix it. And oh my gosh, I don't even have time for this. And I'm literally on my hands and knees with a little, you know, broom. Oh. It just struck me. That was perfectionism. Yeah. What the heck was I doing? What the heck? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were trying to live up to a standard for others that you don't even live that standard. I know. I know. And it's not like these guests weren't great friends who would, first of all, not look at my floor. But second of all, if they noticed it, they wouldn't judge me. No. Dang. They'd be thinking she must have been busy. Exactly. She must have got that spot on the floor. <laughs> Dang. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, well, there so you go. I want our listeners to lean in because when you don't think you're exhibiting perfectionist behaviors, you probably are in some area. Yeah. Um, constant improvement. You know, mm-hmm. it's never good enough. Mm-hmm. Agonizing over small details, like a few crumbs on the floor. Excessive to-do lists. Yes. Oh. Yes. And the avoidance of trying new things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so if you're hearing ding, 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 ding. Okay. Don't go into inner critic mode and beat yourself up for it. No, Just no, no. Have Please compassion don't. for yourself and recognize. Okay. Again, awareness starts with a willingness to face our stuff. Yep. And then having hope that I can do better. Yes. Please hold on to that because I know some of you perfectionists are turning it around going, oh, I'm such a perfectionist. I'm a loser because I'm such a perfectionist. Don't do that. Don't do that. So how does this line up with this wholehearted living that we're striving for? Mm -hmm. Well, perfectionism goes against the grain of wholehearted living. Yeah. You can't be present for your guests and enjoying your company and time with them if you're worried about some crumbs on the floor. Yeah. It's it's stealing from you. Mm-hmm. This perfectionist is robbing you mm. of relationships. It's robbing you of the freedom to enjoy. Right. It's robbing you from joy in yourself, your surroundings, your relationships. It's it's uh it's a thief. Yeah. Perfectionist, it's a thief. It's a thief. You're right. Oh. So where 
Like, where are you allowing perfectionist tendencies to steal from your wholehearted life? Mm -hmm. Right. That's a big question. Yeah. And that's why this book, The Gifts of Imperfection, I love that she's saying imperfections are gifts because it allows us to be vulnerable. It allows us to seek out help, uh, to connect with others, to be honest. My gosh. And it allows us to be letting go of these unrealistic standards. So we stop judging ourselves or others and we can just be and we can enjoy and we can savor and all these great things about life. Hmm. So I think this idea of how do we stop perfection, perfectionism mm-hmm. from sabotaging our wholehearted living? How mm. do we do that? Great question. Um, learn to speak up about mm. our imperfections with tenderness and honesty. Mm. Yes. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Learn to speak about our imperfections without fear or shame. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Be slow to judge ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. Come at life with a, we're all doing the best we can attitude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no one wakes up in the morning and goes, yeah, I want to really mess up my life. I want to do horrible. I want to be a failure. Like we yeah. really are trying to do the best we can with the tools that we have. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And no one wakes up in the morning and goes, I'm going to leave a little pile of crumbs on my floor <laughs> just so it can bug me and rob me of my beautiful time with my friends. Yes, exactly. Sorry, I'm just making poking fun. Oh, no, it's totally okay. We show courage, compassion, and connection to ourselves, and it shows. Yeah. So when we're compassionate with ourselves, it shows to others. Yeah. And way back in season, uh, I can't remember, I think it was season two, we talked about uh, Chris, Dr. Kristen Neff's work on self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not going to go into a lot of details about that because we'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. But having self-compassion really matters when it comes to perfectionist tendencies. Self-compassion is the thing that combats shame, for sure. Yeah. So Brene Brown says this. She says, perfectionism never happens in a vacuum. Mm. It touches everyone around us. We pass it down to our children. Mm. We infect our workplaces with impossible expectations, and it's suffocating for our friends and families. Whoa. On the other hand, Mm. compassion also spreads quickly. Mm. When we're kind to ourselves, we create a reservoir of compassion that we can then extend to others. Mm. Our kids see and learn to have self-compassion by watching us and people around us feel free to be both authentic and connected. Oh, love that. Don't you love that? A reservoir of compassion. Yes. Oh, that's what I want. I want to create a reservoir. I want to live in that reservoir. I want to swim in that reservoir. (laughs) Dive right into that reservoir. right. And float Uh, on the lazy reservoir river. Oh, amazing. Love that. So I I think, I think as parents, Mm. what standards are we setting in our homes Mm -hmm. that our children see? Yeah. And are like, why, why? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what is that standard robbing us of? Yeah. And the interesting thing is we probably can see perfectionism in our kids more easily than we can see it in ourselves. I don't yeah. know how many parents I've talked to where they said, I've never imposed that standard upon them. I've never asked them to only bring home A's. 
But see, your kids are living what they see, not necessarily what they're being taught. So right. what? Right. how is your perfectionizing, perfectionism affecting the way they're perceiving their own performance and standards? Yeah. yeah. Tough question so, to ask. Mm. So let's go back to your situation with the... Um, with the crumbs on the floor. Mm-hmm. If you've been practicing self-compassion mm-hmm. around that little scenario, mm-hmm. what would that have looked like? I would have, uh, first of all, just looked at those crumbs and said, well, you know, thanks, Peter, for having vacuum because I ran out of time. And uh, actually, it doesn't reflect who I am. So right. I've got this beautiful home, but most of all, my heart is open to my friends and that's what they come for. And also good food, frankly, (laughs) that's part of it. And I had put together a wonderful spread of delicious food and that was more important. That's what self-compassion would have said. It would have been like, yeah, you can let this go. This doesn't reflect who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. So what's our tip for today, Jillian? Well, our life tip for today is I'm going to include um, a self-compassion test Okay. in the show notes. Great. And this is from Dr. Kristen Neff. We just talked about her. Mm-hmm. So go to the website uh, that's in the link and do the test before the next podcast episode. Perfect. Because I love that. That will set us up for the next session. Okay. Sounds awesome. And you can Google her. She's got lots of good videos and resources out there as well. Okay. Awesome. Okay. We're going to go do it. Yep. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Awesome. Take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life Podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.